the list of our files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up. Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena. <laughs> The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning on this bank holiday weekend. Coming up on the Bellissimo Files, we've got lots. We're going to be joined by the cast of Downton Abbey. They're going to be telling us what it's like getting back together, sharing some memorable onset and offset moments, and why their bank manager is the first person they call when they get the news that they're being called back for a Downton Abbey film. I'm also going to be chatting to Redemptions. Amy Fitz. She's going to be talking all about the new Virgin Media TV crime drama. And up next, I'm going to introduce you to our one to watch this week. It's SJ Talbot. The Bellissimo Files. One to watch. This week's one to watch is a pop artist from Clontarf whose songs feature deep, soulful vocals. She's just released her latest single, Millisecond. SJ, welcome to the show. Hello, Serena. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be on. Before we talk about Millisecond, let's go back to the first single you released, 2021, Envy. It was during the pandemic. What was it like releasing music when you knew you couldn't actually go out and play them to anyone? Yeah, so it was funny because I actually recorded uh, Envy in a studio in London. It was February 2020, so like literally three weeks before a pandemic was even announced. I was like on such a high. I had my debut single recorded. You know, all I had to get get done was, you know, the extra bits like photography, everything else that needs to be done for a release. And um, yeah, it was tough. Like I got everything done kind of slowly but surely. And then it came out a lot later than I'd hoped. Um, but luckily, um, you know, social media is so you know plays such a huge role in releasing and you know I felt like there was a nice support bubble from home like a lot of my friends got on board um, and my family and you know it gained a lot of um, organic growth which is really nice now it was tough like to get like people you know the public people I didn't know to kind of to listen to it and to gain kind of traction but yeah it was it was bittersweet for sure but it was um, I kind of felt like it was a now or never kind of moment we didn't know when the pandemic was going to end and I just was ready to put something out. Yeah, so what does it feel like now releasing Millisecond? Does it almost feel like this is your debut single because this one you can take out, you can gig. Yeah, yeah, this is the first one that I kind of, I've been able to perform live before release, which is great. I played a gig last week in The Well and um, I got to perform it with uh, my guitarist and it just felt brilliant to say this song is going to come out next week. It wasn't the other way around, you know. So, um, yeah, it was really nice. And the response already from, like, audiences, um, it's just been great. It's just, It's been such such a great feeling. I've been following you on social media. And actually, you're not the only artist to do this. A lot of people ask people to pre-save the, yes. the single. Can you tell me why that's so important? Yeah, so pre-saving is, is a funny one because, especially as an independent artist, it's so important. Like, you don't have a label or, like, people really pushing you or, like, representing you. So it's just another um, another element of uh, promoting your music. Basically, it's it wakes up the algorithm on Spotify. It gets, like, curators and, as in, like, playlist curators to sort of um, listen to it, to pay more attention to it and hopefully get onto playlists and kind of just push it into people's, like, um, just discover weekly playlists and um, uh, release radars and things like that so um, yeah it's really important and like 
it does only take like two clicks and it's like I think people don't understand it especially people not in music like it's a bit confusing but yeah it is it's an important element is that the tough part of this industry because you love making the music you love writing it you love performing it but then having to ask people to do stuff like that for you it is hard because you kind of feel like you're kind of annoying people at times like I feel a little bit like that like I do find making the music writing recording is the easy part almost um, because I've kind of been doing it for a while now and it gets easier over time Um, but yeah the promotion is definitely the toughest part like trying to brand yourself trying to convince people to stick around stay you know kind of interested in you as an artist trying to get them to follow you along with your process and in hope that they'll get something out of it as well so you're trying to build a kind of a symbiotic (laughs) relationship with your fans like I'm giving you this in sort of you kind of you're giving something back to like the people that listen to you and they'll get something from your music so yeah it's very hard to uh to self-promote and it's hard to keep up with trends and um what's the best way to promote and then people say that's not a great way you should try this new way especially like tiktok and you know you have to kind of become a content creator as well so it's another job (laughs) but it is easier when you are releasing music like millisecond um it is a great single Tell me about where you'll be performing it. Do you have any gigs coming up? Are you looking forward to the summer? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the summer. Um, I have a a really good gig coming up um, in May. On May 25th, I'm supporting the lovely pastiche in uh, the Grand Social. That'd be uh, a brilliant brilliant. gig. Yes, so it's myself and Rue as well. They're a twin pop duo. I'm sure you've heard of them before as well. We've had them on the show. We've had all those. Uh, We've had Ah. pastiche and Rue. They've been out some of our one to watches as well. That's going to be a great night. Yes, so I'm really, really excited for that. That's on May 25th in the Grand Social. So I'll be performing my new song as well as some unreleased ones as well so it'd be great brilliant well sj if people want to follow you find out what you're up to give us your social handles so um, my instagram is sj.talbot and sjtalbot music on twitter and facebook sj thank you so much for joining us thank you so much serena it's been great before i let you go will you introduce your track for us yeah so i'm sj talbot and this is my track millisecond on the bellissimo files i never lost a birthday parties these days this is the bellissimo files exclusive to spin Downton Abbey fans are so excited because yesterday Downton Abbey a new era premiered at the cinemas If you're a fan or not a fan, this is a film that you can all enjoy. I've never seen an episode of Downton Abbey and I have to say I enjoyed this. But look, we'll review the film more a little later on when Deidre Malumbi joins us to uh, fill us in on what she thought of the movie. But for now, all you need to know is that it's a fun story. There's two stories happening in this film. One, the family find out that Dowager Countess has inherited a villa in the south of France. They're trying to get to the bottom of it, find out why she's inherited this villa. So half the family go off to the south of France. The other half are left behind while movies are being made in Downton Abbey. Um, I got to catch up with the cast, including Tuppence Middleton, Robert James Collier, Laura Carmichael and Alan Leach to find out how they feel about the Downton Abbey movie. Hi, everyone. It is so good to have you all back. Oh, hello. It's good to be back. Alan, how does it feel when you get that phone call and they go, do you want to come back? We're thinking of doing it again. Are you in? Uh, obviously, you know, first thing I do is ring my bank manager and go, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> um, yeah. 
I was obviously delighted. Uh, every time that we say goodbye to this show, we think it is the last time. And we did that after the first movie. So to get the call to know that we're coming back, obviously delighted and getting to hang around with all of these guys, especially during the difficult time we all had during the pandemic. It was uh, it was really, really special. Laura, when for you, like you get onto set, you see everyone, you're in the amazing grounds, but when do you, when is that moment when you go, oh, I feel like she's back, here's Lady Edith? <laughs> oh, well, about halfway through the first day, not the beginning. I think it takes a little <laughs> warm-up. I'm always nervous of those scenes. But yeah, it's lots of it feels like we've never left. Like there is definitely something about driving back up the drive at Highclere where you go, God, we're here again. Um, but we're so lucky because so many of our crew have remained the same over the years. And yeah, to be back together as a, a cast is always really fun and really special. Tuppence, you didn't have just that drive to Downton Abbey. You also got to go to the south of France. What was <laughs> filming there like? It was amazing. Um, I felt really lucky that I was uh, on that list of people that got to go because I, of course, like everyone else, hadn't, traveled really for the the previous two years or really left my house so that was really special on a personal level but it was great I think it was nice to see those characters outside of the context of Downton Abbey and and then it was also great because we didn't really get to see any of the film within a film storyline being shot so it was only a, a few days ago at the screening that I saw any of that and it was really good fun it was mm-hmm. quite nice to have those two things running concurrently and then you a nice surprise at the end. Robert, there's a really lovely scene in this film where the maids are talking to the Hollywood actress and they're trying to give her a pep talk and they say to her, don't forget who you are and where you come from, but don't let it hold you back either. The fact that you're part of Downton Abbey is amazing, but how do you tread that fine line where you don't also let it define who you are? We're actors, we're jobbing actors. Uh, every ca- You play different characters every other month, if you're lucky, you know what I mean? So it's just a case of, it's just another job. Um, you move on to the next job, you play someone different. Um, yeah, so it doesn't really, you don't let it define who you are, basically. <laughs> sorry, I, I mean, yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what you want. I'm sorry. No, that, that was perfect. No, I'm sorry, because I, I don't think I'm giving you enough. No, you've given me everything I need. Like, no, 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 have I, though? I feel you're being nice and polite. You've never asked what you could, more you could do for me, Rob. It's, oh, now you've start, started him. I'm sorry, I'm, you're, you're so <laughs> it's right. It's too late, Rob. Can I, no, don't, can don't do that. Years? No, that'll make it worse. No? Hold my hand. Do you know, I'm loving this interaction, though, because what is it like on set, Alan, when, you know, it, it's one thing, you are dropping actors and stuff, but... Is there giddiness involved when you are dressed up in this, you know, all this glamour and mm. you come off set and you are yourself? What are those offset moments like? They're some of my happiest memories of, of ever shooting Downton and uh, be it the TV show or the first movie or the second movie as well. Some of my most raucous moments have involved some of these people yeah. uh, I'm sitting beside. And... Um, I mean, it's great because, you know, you take off the costume and then you are just yourselves, but you have such a camaraderie and such a friendship that we've all been looking up to enjoy such a great success with this show. So there's always that kind of celebratory feeling when we're all together. Laura, can you tell us uh, about those raucous moments? Like when you look back at your Downton Abbey time, what are some of your favourite moments? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so many moments many we can't talk about. I mean, we had a lot of fun in France. We can yeah. say that. It was really special. We were all in, we had to quarantine together, um, which we were all nervous. That meant we were going to be locked up in our rooms for 10 days. But actually, we really fully took over this hotel. So it was a bit like being a holiday camp uh, yeah. with Jim and Amelda. Stroke old folks home. <laughs> yeah, we used to turn to each other and go, What's for lunch? Yeah. I don't know why I was stiff neck. Yeah. <laughs> we had like, you know, we did quizzes and we watched movies together and mm. it, it was really special. You'd have got through the whole menu as well, wouldn't you? Oh my God, did we oh, get, did through, we the get through the menu? Yeah, but it was great. It was it was really lovely. Mm. Um, but as you can see, we were, you know, we're a, a gang that liked to make each other laugh. <laughs> and there's a lot of that on set as well. Yeah. Thank you for laughing through this interview. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Downton Abbey, A New Era is playing in cinemas now and a little later on, Dee will be in to review it. Let's go! The Melissa Files. What to watch. What to watch. Joining me with some watching recommendations is our very own Deidre Malumbi. Dee, this week you've got something at the cinema. And something on a streaming service. Yeah, that's what I love so much about this uh, segment is we can kind of talk about movies, we can talk about TV. There's always something to watch. That's what I love. We are going to start with movies because we just heard from some of the cast of Downton Abbey, A New Era. That's your first pick for the cinema this weekend. Uh, Tell me what's happening in this film. Yeah, so I have to say uh, this is one made for the fans. So if you haven't seen the show, you're probably going to be a bit lost with uh, the characters and where they're at at the moment. Uh, But to give you just a brief summary. Uh, the Dowager, played by Maggie Smith, has just inherited a villa in the south of France. So all her family are wondering, hmm, how did she randomly end up inheriting this villa, even though she has no connections whatsoever to the um, man who passed away and passed it on to her? And then meanwhile, at the same time, Downton Abbey is now going to be the location for an all new moving picture, i.e. Ooh. a movie. A talkie. Um, let's take a clip. I've come into possession of a villa in the south of France. What villa? Start at the beginning. Years ago, before you were born, I met a man. They spend a few days together and he gives her a house. You never thought to turn it down? Do I look as if I'd turned down a villa in the south of France? A clip there from Downton Abbey, A New Era. I have to say, Dee, I have not seen an episode of Downton Abbey. I did not see the last film. I went into this blind. I came out of it going, oh, maybe I do want to go watch the series now because I'm not a period drama fan. But even as not a fan, I enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing about Downton Abbey is that it's really just kind of, it's very warm and it's very charming. And I think that they keep on carrying that through their two movies. Now, I know the first movie got like a bit of criticism, uh, but I actually thought the second movie was a much bigger improvement because they just kind of keep things simple. And I think that is why if you haven't seen the show, you can go in and you can just kind of enjoy it for what it is. Um, But it, it is, like I said, it's there for the fans as well. And I love the fact that we're getting to revisit these characters and that there's all new drama and romance in store for a lot of them. It's just, it's just very sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just pure escapism, isn't it? And sometimes that's what we just need. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even there aren't particularly high stakes in it ever at any point. And that's no. kind of nice because it means that you can really kind of settle into it and you can never have to feel very like, you know, worried or concerned. You can just like be like, oh, this is nice. I call these kind of movies like a cup of tea kind of movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's just thoroughly pleasant. Yes, yes. Let's go with that. So a cup of tea 
type of movie. What are you going to give this one out of five? I mean, it's not it's not going to blow the world <laughs> over either. I'd give it three and a half out of five. It's a lovely one to bring your mammy to. You know what I mean? A good cup of tea. I like that. I, <laughs> I wonder if we could do all our reviews based on um, a cup of tea rating. D, yeah, or beverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder what you're going to give this next one then. Shining Girls. This is on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. It stars Elizabeth Moss, who most people will know from uh, The Handmaid's Tale. So she's the lead of this series as well. She plays this character called Kirby, who was actually the victim of a uh, sexual assault. Now, when we meet her character, even from the first episode, things are getting very kind of strange and mysterious. There seems to be kind of like either time lapses or like alternate realities going on. There's just these weird kind of jumps that are happening throughout. But we're also following this character who seems to be uh, linked, if not the perpetrator of her assault. And she eventually learns of, because uh, she works in this news department, she learns of this um, murder, which she believes is linked to her assault. So there are basically all of these mysteries going on. And she teams up with a reporter to basically investigate and see if they can find the final solution. Let's take a clip. Things are not how I left them. They're not how they're supposed to be. Because after what he did, everything changed. A clip there from Apple TV Plus's new series, Shining Girls. This seems like a tough watch. It is a bit tough and it is, it's very, very strange. Like I've nearly finished the series and I literally still don't know what the hell is going on. Okay. How many episodes are there? I think, I believe there are eight altogether and I'm about six. I think I've got two episodes left in it. Um, But I'm also so absolutely thrilled and intrigued to find out what happens next. Um, I think that Elizabeth Moss as well, she's such a terrific actress. Like I could literally watch her in anything. And uh, Jane Jamie Bell is in this as well. He plays the murderer and he's like got this real sinister kind of persona to him. And you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on with him as well. But I'm quite enjoying this, I have to say. I'm really looking forward to seeing these final two episodes. And who knows, maybe what they're doing is vying for a second season and maybe all the questions won't even be answered here. It's very different to everything that's out at the moment. And I have to say, Apple TV, just in terms of the shows that they're producing at the moment, they're really different. And I think that they're really kind of vying for more um, customers because there's some great shows on that platform, I have to say. With this one, it sounds like you need to give it your whole attention, though. You'll be completely lost if not. <laughs> I mean, you might be completely lost anyway, but um, no, I, I really enjoy. I love these kind of mystery shows, you know, so I've been really enjoying it. I'm going to give it four stars out of five. Oh, wow. And what type of beverage would you have with this one? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just a, a cool glass of water so you can really concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> Deirdre Malumbi, I love your new rating scale. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Joining me to share her favourite things is an Irish author who has just released her latest novel, The Slags. The Snag List. I am talking about Sophie White. Sophie, thanks for joining us today. Ah, oh, delighted to be chatting. I was just chatting to you before we came on air and I said to you, I'm loving your latest book. I'm finding it really hard to put it down. Good. <laughs> I'm delighted. <laughs> How does it feel to have it out there? It's great. I have to kind of try and 
remind myself to stop and actually notice <laughs> in a weird way. Like, I think it's kind of funny as well because you bring a book out and it's actually a book that you've detached from already almost. Yeah. And you have this kind of sense, I think, of amazement then when people want to chat about it and talk about it. And like, I'm getting such amazing messages from people who are like you saying they're loving it and it's wonderful to be like oh yeah oh yeah I did a thing and now people are enjoying it because in my mind I'm like I'm writing I'm working on my next two books at the moment so it's like I have to make myself pause and be like yay people are loving the snag list and I'm so happy they are you're you're writing like when I read these books the way you write I can so visualize in my mind how it's happening and I often think would you ever turn these into a TV series or a movie? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm working on two TV projects, actually. Ooh. It's a wonderful but quite um, slow process. But no, I'm working on adaptations of uh, two previous books and I am loving reimagining them for this new medium. Yeah. Um, whether or not they'll ever really actually make it to the screen is hard to say, but it's, um, it's fun. <laughs> Do you know what? You're putting in all the hard work, Sophie, and it's paying off. But Sophie, we want to get to know you a little bit more. So will you share some of your favourite things with us? I would love to. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? It's the same TV show that I've been obsessing over for more than a decade. It's Project Runway. I've just never gotten over, <laughs> over it. <laughs> so if anyone who doesn't know Project Runway, I don't know how you're even alive and not knowing it, but it's basically a reality show that follows designers who um, basically all compete to get a collection shown at New York Fashion Week. And it's presented by Heidi Klum and uh, co-hosted by Tim Gunn. It's been going for... Oh, nearly 20 seasons, I'd say. And I love watching any reality show that has a kind of a, like a before and after, or, you yeah. know, that kind of way, like I love home makeover shows, anything like that, that there's a kind of a finished product at the end. I love it. And it's actually been reimagined now for um, Prime Video. <coughs> and if, if you're looking for it, you can also find Making the Cut. Um, that's season one, wow. season two, a wrapper on Prime Video now. Favourite film? Mm. Like, this is impossible. When you when you suggested that I think about these questions at a time, I was like, do you mean, like, of the last week or the last well, of my whole life? This is know, very hard. Yeah, film is hard. So the way I've started asking this of people is, if you were to t- turn on a film right now, what would you turn on yeah. right now in this moment? Oh, okay. Well, Con Air. Um, really? I think all, always and forever. <laughs> It's truly one of the most perfect films ever made. Uh, anyone who's never heard of it, uh, please just go and treat, treat yourself and yeah. watch it. What about a favourite book? One of my favourite books of all time is The Marriage Plot by Jeffrey Eugenides. Mm-hmm. I think it's Eugenides. Yeah. He's the author of uh, People Will Know The Virgin Suicides. It's one of his very famous books. Um, the Marriage Plot, it's quite a simple story. It's sort of, there's three main characters. They're all finishing college. It basically, the marriage plot of the title refers to kind of the classic plot of, of literature, like every kind of Jane Austen book is a marriage plot. It's a love story, but it's just so rich and the characters are amazing and the story and the world is just so vivid and wonderful. What podcast are you listening to right now? I love a podcast called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. It's two uh, New York comedians who read celebrity memoirs 
their names are Claire and Ashley and they're like my best friends and <laughs> they don't know it. They are very funny but they also have very good takes on stuff. It's just juicy. It's just, it's interesting. What app can't you live without? I think I'm boring. I think it's just WhatsApp. I am constantly pushing the boundaries of WhatsApp, what WhatsApp <laughs> is even for with my friends. So like I'm there sending them 45 minute voice notes, just little mini podcasts. Um, I use WhatsApp to do all of my own research and filing systems and stuff. So I have threads with myself pertaining to no books way. I'm writing. I've got a thread called Horror Book which is one of the novels I'm working on at the moment. And it's yeah. just me sending me links and ideas and notes. Do you know the way like proper writerly writers have like leather bound notebooks and very nice <laughs> pens? I'm there just in the WhatsApp chat with myself 24-7. Your favourite account to follow on social media? My whole social media is taken up with pole dancing and skating, which is actually kind of answering your next question, which is what you love to do with your spare time. So I... <laughs> So I love pole dancing and skating. So a lot of the accounts that I follow online are pole dancing, skating accounts. Sometimes the two at the same time. And Sophie, your favourite thing to do on a weekend? Well, as I said, skating, pole dancing, I any either of those. I'm constantly knitting. Uh, Hanging out with my family, obviously. Um, yeah, that would be the main, mainly it. Oh my God, that is so cool. Uh, producer Aoife and I went to see Dua Lipa and as part of her, oh, dance, yeah, part of her backup dances, there were two guys who just kept roller skating. And I turned to her and went, I think I need to take up roller skating. It just looks so cool. It is joyful. Like yeah, that's the you word, cannot, joyful. Yeah, like you can't frown while you're roller skating. Well, Sophie, enjoy all the roller skating and enjoy the release of your latest book, The Snag List. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. There's a new crime drama on Virgin Media. It is called Redemption and it tells the story of Liverpool-based detective Colette Cunningham. She returns to Dublin to uncover the truth when she learns of the death of her estranged daughter. Playing Colette's great granddaughter, Colette didn't even know about her granddaughter, is Abby Fitz. I got to catch up with her to find out all about redemption and more. Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Congrats on this show. I am gripped by redemption. (laughs) On your Instagram, you've got up a post going, I'm so proud to be a part of this show. What do you love about getting to be a part of it? Playing Cara. I think I had a lot of empathy for the character. She was a dream to play. And I think being able to work with, you know, such professional actors. And it was my first TV experience and I just felt really blessed about being able to do it. Your first TV experience, right? So what was it like when you get the phone call from your agent going, you got it? It was pretty insane. I think I was I was at home. It was, I think we might have been in another lockdown in Ireland, I think, or around that time. So I was able to be with my family and it was, we were kind of, you know, I was definitely jumping around the place. (laughs) So this is the dream, you know, you get, uh, you land a TV role, but then reality sinks in the night before your very first day to going onto set. How are you feeling? How are you sleeping? I was terrified. I was definitely (laughs) terrified. Um, yeah, I was, I was really nervous. I think, you know, I'd gotten to meet the cast and I met Paula. And my first like season, I, I look straight in your eyes, holy matrimony. I think 
no, I was like, okay, I, I can do this. But yeah, I was definitely, I was terrified doing it. And I think even, I think everything I do now, I'm, def- I'm definitely nervous, but nerves can, can bring you far and they're not necessarily the worst thing, I think. They can kind of, you kind of get an adrenaline and you kind of, once you let, you know, are in the zone, you're kind of, something takes over and you're like, oh, I can do this now. Your first TV role, you, you didn't go for an easy one. Car- no, no. Like Kara is a full-on character. How does playing someone like Kara affect your day-to-day life? That has to be draining. Yeah, I think, you know, as an actor, you definitely use your own emotional reservoir, emotional experiences, and you kind of find those places within you. So I think it definitely, when I was filming, you know, there were certain aspects of my personal life that I had to kind of put aside. Not, not totally. I mean, it's not, you know, you have to be healthy about it. But I definitely, it was difficult. And I think especially de-rolling, you know, when you finish, I think I, I had to spend a lot of time, you know, recognising what's Cara and what's me because sometimes when you're filming that that line becomes blurred you know and in three months with the character it was the longest I, I ever had with the character so I did I felt very close to her and coming to the end of that you kind of have to go no I, I need to let this go because it's actually it's not me. So what was it like that last day on set where you're like okay this is it this was like an amazing production and now I'm saying goodbye not only to the production but to Cara? I think it didn't quite hit me then. I think it didn't, I, I think even now it hasn't quite hit me what, for the, like, I definitely feel very blessed, but I don't, I'm still a bit new to all of this, so I don't quite know what it means. Um, but I think with Cara, yeah, she definitely um, stayed for quite a while. And I think the last day of set, you know, everyone was just on a buzz I definitely felt like oh my god we did it like this is so exciting and then you go through the period of oh this is over now and and you know what's next and I think it did take it took it took a bit of time for me to fully let go of it and then of course it comes out and then you have this new relationship with it which is which is a new experience to me what's that experience like for you right now and are you actually sitting down with family and friends and watching it well, I actually, I'm, I've only watched the first two episodes and I have to wait each week to watch them. Cause I don't, oh, are you I don't, serious? Or, yeah. So I'm kind of watching them with my family for the first time. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really nice that I can share that with them. Um, I think watching myself, I cringe so much. I don't think, I think a lot of actors are like that. And I think watching myself, I can definitely be like, oh, I do that differently. I can be very self-critical. So I have to really try and put that aside and go and feel proud of what I did. This is screening now, Virgin Media One, on Monday nights at 9pm. What's next for you, Abby? Well, I'm filming at the moment. I'm doing a psychological horror film called Double Blind. So, yeah, that it's basically about um, seven young people who do a drug trial and then the drug trial goes wrong. So I'm doing that at the moment, which is exciting. So that will come out next year. Do you think that comedy is anywhere on your horizon? All the last few the last few projects have been a bit full on. Yeah, they have been a bit full on. Um, I'd love to do a comedy, definitely. I think I you know, playing roles like Cara or I did another kind of grungy teenage character in a film called The Cellar, like playing those characters can be, you know, they can, they can be a bit full on and that teenage angst can be a bit, you know, but I think I'd love to play like 
a comedic character and something quite lighthearted. But also I think comedy is very difficult in its own right. So I'll be a bit nervous to do that. Well, look, enjoy all of this. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. For having me. Break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? Joining me in studio now is producer Aoife with some things we may have missed this week. There was some very exciting news this week, Serena, and I know you teased it there before the break, but let's just let's just give another little tease. Yeah, uh, see if you recognise this line. I think this is one of my most iconic, iconic. lines. Because she doing this. So iconic, but so pointless at the same time. <laughs> because how many times, like, I, my friends and I use that always. Like, yeah. oh my God, you will never believe what I did. What did you do? I carried a watermelon. Uh. And then we know that is really bad. But for people who may never have heard that line, why are we talking about this 35 years later? Either? That is, of course, the famous line and the one we heard before, Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner, is from Dirty Dancing, 1987, I believe, the wow. original came out. Wow. But even still, like I feel like everyone today has seen it. It's been in a really successful stage show. There was a prequel, which a I don't think did show. really well. No. But... Um, good news hopefully they'll redeem that because a very exclusive not revealing (laughs) report has come out saying that jennifer gray who played baby in dirty dancing is going to return to kellerman's the catskills resort in dirty dancing in the next chapter i've no idea what any of that means but it sounds like jennifer gray is coming back to do something to do with dirty dancing i'm breaking it down too <laughs> it sounds like there's going to be a dirty dancing sequel there can't be any patrick swayze because unfortunately he passed away a few yes. years ago i don't know we sometimes i think let's just leave leave things, things alone. well enough alone i yeah. know but part of me is a little bit excited and i really hope if they do something that they bring back those iconic moments and like have jennifer gray carry a watermelon like i hope they Nearly make fun of it in a way. I think that would be the best way to go about it. I wonder, because that was set in the 60s, and if Jennifer Grey's coming back 35 years later, I wonder if this will be set in the 80s or 90s and <gasps> we can have fun in the 80s and 90s. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. Or maybe it'll be that like she's gone on to have a family, they'll come back with her. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, we're watching this space, though. Oh, they've teased absolutely. us. Absolutely. They've then- really, they've hooked me in. They've yeah. absolutely hooked me in. Something else this week that has had me absolutely hooked I'm probably a little bit late to the party but I am binging Selling Sunset at the moment what are you thinking it's definitely different to when it first started Mm. I feel we're on season 5 now and of course there's been new I'm going to call them cast members come in and it's all gotten very tense and there's a lot of drama and that's what we love from reality TV though so I shouldn't really give out but there's definitely more drama less houses in this season of Selling Sunset I I think if you go back to season one we all started watching for the houses yes and now I'm like where are the houses it seems to be the houses are there as a backdrop to the drama and I don't know we were saying this outside I think if I was to start now I probably wouldn't start because I feel like it's just, it's showing a lot of people's bad sides and I don't like that. I am invested in a lot of yeah. the people in it though, which I kind of hate. But anyway, if you're like me, whether you're partway through like myself, if you finished it, we are all going to be waiting on the reunion. They've announced that they're doing a reunion. It was recorded last weekend on Sunday, I believe. Yeah. Of course, one of the biggest perpetrators of the drama on the show is Christine. Christine 
wasn't at the reunion. But she wasn't there because she had COVID, Aoife. Yes, so reportedly she had COVID. But also reportedly she was also at a photo shoot on Tuesday. So two days after she was supposed to be at the reunion with COVID. Her rep said she tested positive on the Saturday. The Tuesday then she was at a photo shoot, according to TMZ. That doesn't really make up with the isolating days. So either she's not done her isolation properly or there was a really big excuse to not go to the reunion. I actually hope it's the latter at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's a funny one. I'm kind of raging she won't be there because it would have been really juicy with her there, but maybe it's for the best as well. I think so. And look, I, I regardless, we know that we'll hear Christine's pace anyway. My favourite bit was Chriselle actually responded to the TMZ tweet with a gif of Maury. You remember Maury off, um, he was like one of those uh, Jeremy Kyle type shows. Oh, yes, yes, yes. A clip of Maury him saying, Pavich. yes, the, the lie detector determined that that was a lie. <laughs> That is brilliant. Actually, talking about lie detectors and lying, um, one of the things that we do love here, and so do the listeners out there, is got to get it wrong. <laughs> were you wondering where I was going? With I that? was wondering where you were yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. got to get it wrong. And if you've missed out tickets, because those tickets were snapped up yeah. in a hurry, because there's got to get it wrong after dark with McDonald's, Ireland's favourite curry sauce. It's happening on the fourth of May at twenty two on South Anne Street. There's going to be for the first time ever with a live audience. They're doing got to get it wrong. There's going to be tons of fun and games. There's going to be a wild dance-off and a really special gotta get it wrong cash machine. Now, if you did miss out on tickets, listen in to Fully Charged with Graham and Nathan on Tuesday from 7am because they're giving away the last set of tickets. Do you know what? If there's anything those lads know how to do, it's throw a party. I cannot wait for that one. Exactly. Aoife, you're going to be back a little later on in the show. I am. We've big names in the music fix this week. We've got a new one from Justin Bieber, Sam Smith, Ella Henderson, all coming up later on. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Are there some news stories out there that you constantly hear about, but you don't fully understand? Do you wish you could have someone break it down for you in a way that's simple yet informative? I know I do. So that's why I'm thrilled that Sean Defoe is doing that with his new podcast, Let Me Explain. Sean, congratulations on the new podcast. Oh, thanks for this, Rena. I want to say a big thank you because I already feel a little bit smarter after listening to the first episode. What I love about this podcast, and we'll get into it in a minute, but I love that it's not an hour long. It's not 30 minutes long. Like this first podcast was 17 minutes long and you broke it down in a way that I understand what's going on. And that's the longest we're hoping it will ever be. Like our target is to kind of keep it max 15 minutes sort of in future. I got to be carried away with the first episode uh, because there was a lot to talk about. But like, yeah, I don't think, and I've always thought this since the like my days doing news and training on the news desk in spin where we had 90 seconds to tell all the news of the day each hour. And it was like, the, the news doesn't need to be long. It, no. it, you can you can tell everything and tell it, I think, in a really interesting way in a short space of time. And that, that's exactly what we're trying to do. So the first episode is about uh, Leo and the Leap. So, you know, people will have seen it. It's been going on for about two years now. But it's one of those ones that when I talk to people who maybe aren't in our bubble of journalism and news, they're like, oh, yeah, I know he's kind of in trouble for something. And there's a bit of whiff of scandal about it, but I don't really know what's going on. So, like, that's exactly what we're trying to aim to do. It's like, right, here it is. Uh, it's simple, but it's interesting and it's kind of short, sharp uh, news. If you don't have your hours and hours every week, because Jesus, we're all so busy at the moment. Who has hours and hours to catch up on anything? Then yeah. here's your, your hit and you'll know what's going on after this. Did this podcast come up because of people like me? Like I know anytime <laughs> I'm in Marconi house and run into one of my newsmates, I sit there and go, 
I've heard this, this, and this. I don't really understand it. Can you please break it down? Like how many times a day do you hear that from your mates and you've gone, okay, here's the podcast. Yeah, 100%. When you're sitting down for a pint or for dinner with friends, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, well, like what's what's really going on there? You know, what's the, what's the actual, the crack with that? Um, and that that's exactly where it came from, is that idea to do it in a short, sharp way and to really like explain it in a way as you would to your mates, you know? Because like that's the... I think that's the mo- that's who you learn most things from. It's not all going to be political, though, is it? It's like, no. what, what type of stories are you planning to look at? I don't know you can't predict the news, but are there things yeah. that you want to focus on? Oh, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, my day job is all politics, but we're not just going to do politics. So it could be anything on a week to week. So we had a real debate over which one we do is the first episode. Will we do the Leo story? Because that was big. Will we talk about the turf wars that are going on at the minute of the which again is a bit political? Or would we do something like Amber Heard, Johnny Depp? You know, yeah. Where okay. people are kind of getting a little a little bit of it in the news, but sort of, unless you're really into it, and when you get into it, what a story, like what a trial that's going on. So complete, nothing's off the table, absolutely no topics off the table. And I'd love to hear from people if there's things that they would like explained. It doesn't necessarily even have to be something that's on the news agenda that week. So like something I'd love to get into is things like voting, for example, because, you know, when you actually get around to an election, voting is, is surprisingly tricky and people yeah. think you know it until you're going into the booth. Um, or, look, nothing's off the table. I'll put it to you that way. I know that I'll be shooting in. And I, as I said at the beginning, I already feel so much smarter because you're breaking <laughs> this down in such a simple but not a condescending way. And I really no. love that. People have such an interest in the news. And I think they're more of an interest in the news over the last two years when you had to because it literally was deciding whether we could go outside the door or not. But at the same time, it often talks down to people and I just don't think we should. Young people are interested in news, but it needs to be told in an interesting way. There's no point in just trying to preach to people or saying, this is what you should know because I think it's important. It's right, this is what you should know because it probably is important and kind of here's why. But also like, there's a bit of a reverence we can take with a podcast that you can't really do with a regular news yes. show. We can take the piss out of them a little bit, which absolutely needs to be done, by the way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. And, uh, and yeah, I hope people listen. So it drops every week. What day? Every Thursday morning, it's going to be there in your feeds with, with some big issue with the news agenda on it. So you subscribe now. Let me explain with Sean Defoe is the name again. Brilliant. Well, Sean Defoe, thank you for doing this and congratulations. No, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Aoife's back with us and you're bringing us some new tracks. I am. And I know a lot of people are going to be very excited about this one. I'm not yet sure what I think of it, but I'm going to give you a listen anyway. It's from Justin Bieber and Don Tolliver. It's called Honest. I like that hazel on it. I look straight in your eyes. Holy matrimony. Honest. Honest. You're modest. I like it. I like it. You stay down and you're the baddest. Baddest. Find you in the cut. I copped it. Justin has been given Justin like he's my best friend. <laughs> but does it feel like he's just been giving us the same over and over, but just with a different collaborator? Or yeah, is it just like, me? I was thinking, obviously, we all love Peaches. And to me, that sounds like Peaches, but like really slowed down yeah. and a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I think of it. I know that there's a lot of Bieber fans out there who'll probably be screaming at the radio at me right now. So if you are one of them, you can vote for it over on our Instagram. <laughs> and while you do that as well, it's actually up against I. Again, another one I'm not sure of this week, Serena. It is a new one from Nathan Daw, Ella Henderson. It's called 21 Reasons. 
recognize a sample and then I didn't give myself enough time I do recognize I'm it. a bit what of a tease it? like that I didn't say it beforehand so I wanted to see if you would pick it up <laughs> I was just enjoying the moment and then so what what is that <laughs> it is a sample of the 2007 song by Alex Gaudino Destination Calabria yes Destination it is. Unknown I really I, I know you said you went into that a bit um, yeah so not sure but I really like that here's one here's my issue with it okay? okay I absolutely love Ella Henderson I really love Crazy What Love Can Do that she has out with David Guetta and Becky yeah. Hill at the moment huge huge fan of her really big fan of Nathan Daw I just don't think they did this justice with a sample of such a big song oh I, I disagree Oh, okay, fair enough. And maybe you do too. So either you're a Justin Bieber fan who's screaming at me or you're a Destination Calabria fan who's screaming at me. Either way, head over to at Official Spin on a 3-8 day or on a poll up against each other and you can cast your vote over there. And while we do that, while you do that, we're going to take a listen to this. Come on. Are you ready? dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> Aoife, we may have disagreed on Nathan Dore and Ella Anderson, but Ella, and, Ella Henderson, but <laughs> we don't usually disagree on the dance track. I know, and usually when I bring my dance track, I'm aware a lot of people might not know the artist, but you're definitely going to know these two. They've been on the Spin Airways for a long time. It's a new one from MK and Paul Wolford. It's called Teardrops. I say it every week. Why don't you let me play that out as the single of the week? And based on my critiques of the other two, maybe this is the week I should have done that. It's a bank holiday weekend. Isn't that what we're all listening to? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I, I think though, the, the listeners have had their say. You've swayed me. Maybe this one will grow on me. <laughs> what is it? What Voted for by you. This is the new one from Ella Henderson, Nathan Daw. It is called uh, 21 Reasons on the Villistimo Files. One is you make me happy, two is you set me free. From all the things that help me, from just being me. I'm loving that. You voted that your Villistimo Files single of the week. It's the new one from Nathan Daw and Ella Henderson, 21 Reasons. I think I still prefer the original, but I think it might grow on me. If you think it might grow on you as well, make sure you head over to spin138.com or our app and you can catch the fresh playlist there where you'll get all of the latest new music, including those tracks. Yeah, I have a feeling that next week you're going to come in and go, actually, yeah. Serena, I really like that one. I know. Well, <laughs> I will confirm next week if that has happened. Thanks. Um, talking about next week, if you are a fan of the Prime Video show, The Wilds, it is coming back for a season two. And on next week's show, we're going to have some of the cast on the show but yeah I'm going to be one of those people right now Aoife in a couple of weeks time I got an email last night telling me 
We're going to have some massive Hollywood stars, but I'm not oh, allowed to say. I'm not allowed to reveal. Yes. I can't wait for these to be revealed. <laughs> I, I, This is the most excited I've been about someone for quite a long time. Yeah. Her jaw actually dropped. I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell you. Anyway, <laughs> let's go before I tell everyone else. Enjoy what's left of your bank holiday. Uh, Aoife and I will catch you next week. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin.